0: All right, Mark chapter 15, and we're in verse 1, so Mark 15, and uh, we, we finished up uh, last time in uh, chapter 14 with uh, the issue there with Peter and uh, his denial and him denying the Lord and so forth, and uh, the, the end there, of verse 72, and the second time the cock crew, Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him. Before the cock crows twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. And that's that issue that finally, the first denial, the first cock crow, it doesn't phase Peter at all. Peter just goes right through it. He doesn't pay attention. He just moves right through it. And again, Peter is mad. He's upset. He's, uh, got a, he's delusioned by the Lord just simply surrendering. And Peter has been, uh, he's that picture of self-trust, self-reliance, and the, that picture of depending upon the energy of your own flesh. And really it got to the point where he was so angry that he not only warms himself by the enemy's fire, he actually moves into the enemy camp. Uh, the ones that were at the garden to take the Lord and so forth, and deny, deny, and then deny. But when he denied in verse 72, we looked at Luke 22 last time, I think, didn't we? Come over there to Luke 22. Luke 22, because Mark doesn't, Mark is fast. Mark is boom, 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 boom. He doesn't have a lot of the drama. Uh, just here real quick, Luke 22. Um, when, uh, oh, where is it, 40, yeah, 60, Luke twenty two sixty, 60, and Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest, and immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew, and again, when he says, man, I know that's going to match with 1470, uh, 1471, okay, Peter's mad, he's angry, He's, he's angry at the Lord. Again, he doesn't not believe in the Lord and who he is, and so he's just disappointed, disillusioned. He's had his heart broke that the Lord would just simply surrender and not fight. He takes that sword out, takes Malchus's ears off, head hunting, and, and the Lord just said, put it away. But then in 2261, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. So that's why Peter remembered the word of the Lord, Mark Mark fourteen seventy two. When the Lord looked at Peter, he doesn't look at him with a, 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 a look of judgment or, Okay, I have a wife. Many years. She's got a look, and when I get that look, I know I'm dead meat. Okay, you know, and she can do it with the kids, and the kids know instantly. So, it wasn't that kind of a look. It was really just a look of "You should have been believing me all along." He, the Lord, doesn't call to Peter. He doesn't acknowledge Peter. The Lord is moving from Ananias's side of the palace to Caiaphas's side, and in that breezeway. Peter's down below, looks up, and in that moment, Peter has realized, go back to Mark 14, that he has done exactly what the Lord said. So instead of believing what the Lord said, if you look there at Mark 14, uh, if you look back up at verse 26... Um, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And again, they're coming out of the upper room. They're going into the garden. Verse 27, and Jesus said unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered, Zechariah 13. Again, for it is written. And the point is, is that's what the Lord was going based on the right, It is written. Peter wasn't. Peter's going on his energy, and he's crushed. Now we come into chapter 15, and again, 15, 1. and straightway in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. Now we're going to come to Pilate, and the first five verses here, Paul talks about i'm sorry not paul mark talks about Pilate. i was thinking about paul sorry peter's done he's a gun boom that's over now we move the pilot and again what we, mark is presenting the lord as that servant and what we need to do is we need to know can the servant do the job get the work done we're not worried about all the details all the drama We have the king and Matthew, we got more detail, Luke, the man. John's going to give us a whole bunch of stuff here, and we'll see in just a minute in John 18. The point is, is catch the scene here, okay? They've come, they've taken the Lord, that mock trial, that illegitimate trial. Ananias has had him, he sends him to Caiaphas. Caiaphas has had him, now they're going to send him to Pilate. Pilate's going to turn him over to Herod. Herod's going to kick him back to Pilate. You got all this back and forth stuff, and then you're going to get Barabbas in there, and you got all this going on. And again, Mark doesn't deal with any of that. He just says, here's Pilate, here's the issue with Pilate, here's Barabbas, and, and off we go. So again, he is just, Mark is boom, boom, boom. So we'll have to get over into John 18 and so forth here in just a minute. So Pilate is now on the scene. The chief priest, verse one. Straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. They're gonna, they're gonna counsel together now. the The leadership of Israel. They're gonna, again, they they've tried the Lord. They use false witnesses to get it done. And in getting it done, they've, they've uh, found him guilty of blaspheme because he said he's God, and we, we, we saw that. Now we're going to take it to Pilate because pile, we can't kill him, but we're going to get the Gentiles to kill him. We're going to get Rome to do it. And, and the consultation here, they're going to counsel together, and it's kind of like that the enemy of my enemies is my friend, they don't like the Gentiles, they don't like Pilate, they're, they're, they're enemies, and yet they're going to come together because they have, they figured out we're just going to get him, we got to kill him, okay? And then, in, and, and that's in the first five, verse, verse six, now at that feast he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desire and from six to fifteen, here's Barabbas, okay, and there's some, it's very instructive what's going on with Pilate here, and that's Mark's point. The point here is gonna be that issue of we're delivering the Lord to the Gentiles. And we're gonna fulfill what the Lord has already said was gonna happen. Come back to Mark chapter 10. He's already told them this. And, and again, when we that contrast between the Lord and between Peter. The faithful witness, the failure, the, the failed disciple, the faithful to the word, self-reliance, self-energy. And um, Mark 10, if you look there at verse 32, the Lord's already saying we're in the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them, and they were amazed, and as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve, And began to tell them what things should happen unto him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered under the chief priests and under the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And that's exactly what we're learning now in 15.1. Now it's time to turn him over to the Gentiles, because we need them to kill him. They are not on their, in, in Israel's law, and his, they're not on solid ground. They can't do it. But what did the prophetic scripture say? The Gentiles are going to play a hand as well. So now they're going to, come back to Mark 15, now they're going to hand him over. And they're going to hand him over to, they're going to put him in the hands of the Gentiles. And when they do this, they are literally abdicating their rights to their own kingdom. They're giving up their king. They're giving up their claim to that physical, visible, earthly, literal, Davidic kingdom. They're losing that because in a minute they're going to say, we'll have no king but Caesar. So get two passages. Get Psalms chapter 2. And we're going to go to Acts 4, but we're going to start in Psalms 2. And and that's that consultation. They get together, and they're going to, you know, justify it amongst themselves because they got to go sell this to Pilate. They've got to get him on board. So if you look at this, this is not an accident that they're doing this. They're doing what ends up being them, again, giving up their rights to their own kingdom. It's, it's done. Psalms two verse one. Why do the heathen rage? and the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed saying. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them endure it, then shall he speak, and off you go. What are they doing? They're doing, that's what they're doing. They're taking counsel together, verse 2. And the rulers take counsel together. They're coming in literally in Mark 15. I said this Sunday, the last couple and a couple times in Mark. When you and I read Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, how that Christ died for our. Here's the how that. Here's how this happened. See. Paul, we get the meaning of it, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, here's the the record of the event. This is not an accident. They're not just doing this because they got, you know, they are doing exactly what Psalms 2 said they're going to do. What do they do? The rulers, they they set themselves, they sit down, they consultate, and they they do that. Now, come back to Acts 4 and watch Peter... Lay this on them, okay? Now, Peter, he's going to be talking to the same crowd that's crucifying the Lord. Acts 4, verse 23. Acts 4, 23, all right? And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So, Peter, there, he's, out, he's out doing the Acts, uh, Acts 2 ministry and so forth, the Pentecostal ministry, and he's been persecuted. They've thrown him in jail. He's been healing people, him and James and John. And all, so they go. Now they're they're let loose. They come. Verse twenty four. And when they heard that they that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, "Lord, Thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Okay, You're God. There's nobody else out there. You're the God. You're God." Verse 25, Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. That's exactly what they're doing. Verse 27, For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles... And the people of Israel were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Again, what do they do? They quote Psalms 2, Peter does, and he says, what they did over there to the Lord fulfills Psalms 2. They're working together. Now, look at verse 28. Why are they doing that? I guess that's the, why are they working together? Why are they... Well, it's to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Peter said that in Acts 2 about the predeterminate counsel of his will. This this is what's going to happen with the Messiah. So this is exactly where Mark 15 is. Mark 15, when they go into Pilate, they are fulfilling Psalms chapter 2, the first three verses. It's getting done. And they are, the rejection of the Lord is clear. They've come over here now to join the Gentiles, and all it is is to kill the Messiah. That's all that it is. So when you come back to Mark 15, again, Mark just says it, <laughs> okay? And Mark just comes in, actually, just go over there and look, John 18. Mark just, bam, says it. John 18, Luke, 22. they're going to give a little more, they're going to massage it in, they give you a little more drama. And and it's important to see that, you know, in studying this and getting around, I'm like, God, do we spend all this time bouncing around outside of Mark? And I really don't want to, but you've got to catch the conversation here, okay? In in Mark 15, they're not quite sure what's going on, but in Acts 4, they've, they've had... The prophets, the Psalms, Moses, all that understanding that's been made known to them. They spent 40 days with the Lord and in, in, in talking about the things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts chapter one. They understood right where they're at. When Peter makes that declaration in Acts 4, they know what's going on. They've what are they in league with the Gentiles, say and they're going to come over here now and what they're doing is they're delivering their king up. John 18 again we see some of the details here. And again the, the conversation John 18 verse 28, 1828. I think it's 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 very interesting how John again John here's the, here's the son of God, here's the deity. Verse 28: Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. And it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Again, ceremonial correctness is outweighing the moral moral side of the law. And that's what religion does. Religion is always ceremonial correct. And, and again, in our other, in our studies of Matthew and Luke and John, over and over again, you did this on the Sabbath day. Well, so you're telling me you're going to let the, your neighbor's ox die in the ditch because it's a Sabbath day. No, you're not. You're going to come over here and you're going to rescue the animal because of the morality issue with, with life and death. And again... The moral law always supersedes the ceremonial law every time, okay? John 8, verse 28, what are they going to do? What are they, they're not going to go in. Have you guys ever dealt with Jehovah's Witnesses? Have you ever invited them in and they won't come in? They're prohibited to come in, see? They won't come in, and what, that's because of religion, their religion says, "Don't you go into the house of the reprobate," and they don't say that. They use another word, but okay. So, we, have you ever tried to give them, you know, a track and they won't take it, but they'll give you know, you got to take theirs. Again, that's that's what these. Are. We're not going in there. That's the Gentiles' domain. We're gonna stay out here. Verse twenty-nine. Pilate then went out unto them and said, "They make Pilate, who's the governor, <laughs> come outside to them." But that's what religion does. We don't go in there. Now, if you come over, hold on, come over to John 19. Just notice this verse 13. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover in about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but see. Now later, see, they're crying what? Kill him. They won't go into the judgment hall because it's ceremonial incorrectness, but over here they'll commit murder and break the thou shalt not kill law. <laughs> see. And again, that's, but that's religion. They've made up, that, now come back to chapter 18. They've made up their mind already. They've made the choice to turn the Lord over to the Gentiles. And again, they're literally abdicating their claim to any kingdom at all, any throne. Especially when he says, we'll have no king but Caesar. They have, that's why the Lord looks at them and says, I'm going to take the kingdom from you. And I'm going to give it to a nation, that little flock. Why? Because you are going to declare no good. No, no, no. No king but Caesar. They know who the Messiah is. They know who their king is. Verse 28. Verse 29. And Pilate then went out unto them and said, so Pilate's going to go out to the, What accusation bring ye against this man? All right, guys, what's up now? You know, it's interesting in Luke, I think it's in Luke, they wake Pilate up in the middle of the, of, you know, we're talking midnight, 1, 2 in the morning. They're waking him up, and he's not exactly a nice guy. What's up, guys? Now watch verse 30, because this shows their, their cunning craftiness here. They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. If we've already tried him, we've already convicted him, we just need you to place the sentence on him. You don't need to try him, you don't need to interview him. We, we would never bring you an innocent man. We would just, we wouldn't waste your time, Sir Pilate, <laughs> governor. We wouldn't do that to you. See, and yet Pilate knows something's up. He's, you know, come back to Luke 23, where this is at in Luke. See, Pilate is not, he knew what was going on. And he knew that what was going on was nothing honest because he's dealt with these guys before and other matters and so forth. Pilate understood. That's why Pilate's wife will look at him and say, he's an innocent man, he's a just man, cut him loose. Don't muddy your hands with this guy. Wash your hands of him. And he doesn't. Pilate ends up being the coward of the county, if you will. Luke 23, uh, verse 1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, Now watch the three charges they lay. We found this fellow perverting the nation. That's number one. Number two, and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar. Number three, saying that he himself is Christ a king. Now, notice that. He's, all three of those accusations are lies. Okay? The first one, perverting the nation. You you go over there in Acts 10 and, and, give it to you, Acts 10. Peter is talking here to uh, Cornelius, and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So he's not perverting the nation. What's he out there doing? Doing good. He's healing everybody, see. So that's accusation. No, he he was out taking He was out rescuing the nation rather than perverting it. Then the issue of the tribute, Matthew 17, he tells Pete, go over there and get the fish and get the fish out and let's pay the tribute money. You know, and, you know, opens the fish. I I knew a guy one time who went fishing and every fish he caught, he's looking for the money because he prayed in the car that God would give him the money to get home, you know, whatever he was doing. I'm like, dude, really? He was our neighbor, (laughs) When I lived in California, I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, man. I, was, I go, well, how'd you get home? Well, you know, I kind of had to bum, and, you know, bum it and thumb it and get home. I'm like, oh, okay. That's not what happened. See, they just lied. He, he, give, he does pay tribute to Caesar. In Matthew 17, render to Caesar what belongs. Then that issue of making himself a king. See, that, now we're in verse 3. Luke 23, 3, and Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. And again, the Lord doesn't answer the false accusations. That's when he's silent. But when the questions come up about his doctrine, now he speaks up because that's the issue. When he said, now now we're at Mark 15:1. So all of that we just read in John eighteen, Luke twenty three happens prior to Mark 15, 1. Okay. Now go back to John eighteen. Just catch a couple things here because that's where we're at. Yeah, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a little confused because obviously he is the king. Yes. So he yes. Well, king during his first ministry. Right. Is is? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He. It's not his time. It's not time for him to be king. He, he's coming lowly and meekly and mildly, riding on the ass, the cold of the foal, and all that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, John 18. John 18, 31. Then said Pilate unto them, take ye him and judge him according to your law. So now watch the clear statement here about what they... First, what are they going to do? We're going to kill him. Let's get over here. Boom. Verse 31. Pilate, he he sees through it. He hears the three charges. The Jews, therefore, said unto him, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death. Now, that's a half-truth because their law does allow their capital punishment, which is stoning. They don't want him stoned. They want him crucified. They want him hung on a tree so that everyone can see and he would be that cursed. But the thing is, is in their own law, They stone a guy. They can go then hang him on a tree, and that's what the cursed is part. They don't want blood on their hands. That's the the point. Verse 32, that the saying, now watch, it is not, in the verse 31, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake signifying what death he should die. Again, by the way, that's chapter 12, when he says, You're gonna lift me up, like Moses lifted the serpent, I'm gonna be lift, I'm gonna sit there on a cross the same way as that Moses did in, in the wilderness with the serpent on the on the on the, the thing. But notice it's to fulfill now what? That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled. Well, who is Jesus? He's the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word was made flesh, dwelt among us. See how the Scripture is just, John is just over and over again, he's, he's the Scripture. So the in their blood rage to kill him, lust to kill him, what are they doing? Fulfilling Scripture. They fulfilled Psalms 2. They're fulfilling stuff he said in his earthly ministry. It's just ticking right along. The first thing they had to do, though, was get him to the Gentiles. Okay, and, and that's what he did. They hand him over. Now now we have what? Psalms 2 fulfilled. Now we've got all of this. Verse 33, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? By the way, it's very interesting. They wouldn't go into the judgment hall they made Peter, our pilot, come out and get. And but Pilate takes the Lord into the judgment hall, so we don't go in there to be defiled. But it's okay because he's a blasphemer. Put him in there. You know, it's just bizarre. See, and that's the point here. Now hold on to John 18. Run back to Mark 15 because this is where we're at. All right, we're, we're in. So before 15:1, we're going to now have this interaction here you've got John 18. And where John 18 is, where he says, you said it, are you the king of the Jews? Verse 18, 34, and Jesus answered, sayest thou this thing, you know, you said it, now 15, 1, straightway in the morning, verse 2, I'm sorry, and Pilate asked, Mark 15, 2, ask him, art thou the king of the Jews? He answered, said unto him, thou sayest it, See. Now, it's interesting that of the three charges that they laid against the Lord to Pilate, Pilate is only interested in the king one. You said you're king of the Jews. Is that the... See, what Mark does is Mark doesn't give you the three charges in all of this conversation. Mark goes right... What is the issue with Pilate? He's worried about the king, the government. Who's going to run the show? Treason, insurrection... And again, that's what they're really getting the Lord on. You guys see all this stuff with Trump, you know, foreign, all this stuff. That's what they're doing to the Lord. They're, they're looking at every legal angle to get him in trouble with Rome because Rome's got the power at the moment. What are they doing? Insurrection. He said he's, got, he's the king. See, look, he, we, no king but Caesar. Boom, you know, And they've got him. That's the issue in Mark 15. Here's the issue with Pilate. You say you're king of the Jews. Are you really? And he says, yeah, you said it. (laughs) You said it, man, you know. Now, when you go back there to John 18, it's very interesting how he says that. But again, Pilate, he's in his... By the way, he's in his judgment seat. He's got his guards there. He's got his authority... His power, and then he looks down here at this poor sap. You know, the Lord's not a mighty man. He's he's a regular-looking Jewish man. Here's a poor peasant pheasant, (laughs) pretty good eating. But peasant, (laughs) here you, and you're the king of the Jews. Oh, come on, give me a break. You you know, Pilate's a Gentile dog, just like. uh, You know what he's thinking. You're here, and by the way, the Lord's by Himself. The crowd out there charging won't even come into the room. Say, there's no defense team. There's no legal. There's so the question here, really, when Paul, when when Pilate looks at him and says, "You're the King of the Jews," it's really the, the question is is is, a, is a mockery. He's making fun of him because is really is this what the King of the Jews looks like? Because he's not in his Revelation 19 garb, <laughs> in his coming back. Which, by the way, that's what the Jews thought the Messiah was going to be. They thought their king in his, would come back in the Revelation 19 garb. And the Lord says, no, nope, I come over here. That's why when Romans 11, when Paul says, they stumbled, but they didn't fall. They stumbled over that rock of offense. They stumbled not over, they stumbled over the the earthly ministry, but also the life of Christ. They missed the virgin birth. They missed the, and so they're not just you know, they're in it. And Pilate, he's trying to figure this all out here. Now look at John 18, again, verse 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Now watch the answer. Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? <laughs> Who told you that? I just The Lord just right to the point. <laughs> did, did you figure this out, or did somebody whisper it in your ear? See? Did you figure this out or did someone else tell you? Again, in other words, Pilate, you're really not interested in this. This is mockery. This is a game to you. So Pilate answers, am I, verse 35, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? See, he, he says, am I a Jew? How am I to know what the king of the Jews is to look like. See, How do I know this? How am I to know? I'm not a Jew. I don't know anything about you guys. But what I do know is that your own leadership has brought you to me because they say you're a troublemaker. Now watch verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Isn't that an interesting verse? That answers the question a little bit, see. And the key in that is the end of that verse where he says, but now is my kingdom not from hence. It's the now. By the way, all the new Bibles omit the now; they take it out, and that's because they've got a a, a bent. <laughs> so what he's saying to Pilate is, is right again. By the way, verse thirty-six, verse thirty-seven. Pilate therefore said unto him, "Art thou a king then?" Jesus answered, "Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born." And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. By the way, that's what the Lord's doing this whole time, bearing witness to the truth of the word. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. These two verses, 36-37, sit as the foundation of modernism today, the amillennialist viewpoint. My kingdom's not from hence. See, it's not a literal, physical, visible, earthly, Davidic kingdom. It's a spiritual thing. See, these guys are not looking for a spiritual kingdom. They're looking for what? Will you again at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? That's what, They're looking for a literal, physical, visible, earthly kingdom. But he says it's not time for that to be set up because if it was, you wouldn't be standing. You wouldn't be the authority. I would be the authority. That's why it's interesting where they at in Pilate's authority round, his judgment hall. See, if this had been the Lord's kingdom, the prophesied Daniel 244 kingdom, Pilate wouldn't even be breathing. It would have been a done deal. But now, right now, Pilate, as I stand here in front of you, my kingdom is not from hence, it's not here on the earth, and then again, that is also why there was no fight in the Lord in the garden with Peter, there was no, there was just a simple giving up. That's what Peter just was livid about. How can you just surrender? See, and again. The Lord's looking at Pilate, saying, "You said it, buddy, but right now it's just not here. Right now, the timing isn't right. I didn't come to bring in a kingdom. My power—I don't get my power from Rome. I don't—I get my power from he- Matthew 6:33. I just had it. <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's what He's doing. He's there setting everything up. See." So the spiritual issue had to be dealt with. That's what the Lord that's the, what the Lord's doing in the first coming. They're st- yeah, they're the sons of Abraham, but they're also the sons of Adam. Yes, they have a descendancy and a line and a seed of and all that, but they're also sinners and they can't be qualified to be the nation that God needs them to be in the earth until they get the spiritual stuff taken care of. I'm here to do that. Now, Pilate doesn't catch that. He doesn't understand any of that, but nor do the chief priest and the leadership. They don't get it either. They just think he's a rabble-rouser. He's a troublemaker. So as he's do, so why, did, John 18 there, I, I dropped it because I went to Matthew. John 18, you know, verse 36 there, but now. That's the, that's the hinge there. Right now, Israel isn't qualified to be the nation. So I've got to go to Calvary. I've got to be the sacrifice for the nation. I've got to be numbered among the transgressors. I've got to be led to the slaughter, dumb and silent. I've got to. So P- Pilate, right now, my kingdom isn't here. Now, it's not going to always be that way. It is going to come back. It is going to be Revelation 19 style. And when that happens, you don't have a chance, Pilate. It, you, you're just going to be done, see? So, yes, sir? It's kind of funny he uses that exact same phrase, but now... Yeah, and we, kind of, and we use it too, exactly. Right. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly, exactly, see? So, Pilate, by the way, verse 37... When the Lord says to him, I've come that I should bear witness unto the truth. Again, that's what he's doing. Pilate, you're in charge right now, but one day I'm going to be in charge. Pilate, the word of God says, I'm going to be delivered to the Gentiles and it's being done. But in verse 37, he says, I come to bear witness unto the truth. You know what Pilate's going to say, verse 38? What is truth? Isn't truth is just relative to whomever? See? Isn't that interesting? You know what's truth? When, what Pilate tells you is truth because he's head, head man. He's governor. And what the governor says is what the truth is. And here's, or what the king would say, you know, the word of the king is power. He would say truth. And you're the king? You know, dude, you're a carpenter. <laughs> Who are you, you know? And the Lord looks at him and says, No. I'm here bearing witness to the truth. Now, real quick, just as a aside, come over to 1 Timothy 6, because this is what Paul is referencing here in 1 Timothy 6. Just I, I, I brought this up on Sunday when we are looking at the Gospels and us, and it, it's, it's very insightful, 1 Timothy 6, verse 13. 1 Timothy 6.13, I give thee charge in the sight of God. Paul's talking to Timothy, verse 11, but thou, O man of God. He's talking to Timothy, okay? I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things. And before Christ Jesus, who, before Pontius Pilate, witnessed a good confession, see? A good profession, if you will. What did the Lord do before Pilate? yeah. You're the authority right now. One day I'll be back. And by the way, I'm here witnessing the truth. Pilate says, what is truth? 1838, and he said, and, he had, and when he had said this, he went out again unto the, the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. He doesn't even allow the Lord to answer. The Lord, he just, what's truth? And then boom, out, and he makes his proclamation by the way he find John 18 38 no fault at all Pilate he is going to end up being the true coward here I, we talked last time about how Peter say Paul, people say Peter is the coward it's really gonna because he's the he's the final word. If he finds no fault at all, look down in chapter 19. By the way, he says that to the Jews. Chapter 19, verse 4. Pilate then went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Verse 6. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. See? Pilate looks over there and he, I've got a finding of not guilty. You go kill him. There's no reason to kill him. And yet, what's gonna what Pilate's gonna do is he's gonna bring up Barabbas. He's gonna give him a choice. Barabbas, we'll see next time in Mark 15, he's an evil man. He's a wicked. So obviously the Jews wouldn't let a wicked go and kill a good. And yet what do they do? They just, exactly. So when you come, come back to Mark 15, by the way, Herod, no fault. He's an innocent. The wife, no, he's a just man. Get rid of him. Kick him loose. It's going to kill you. <laughs> Politically, suicide right here. <laughs> Move him. So when you come back into Mark 15, all of that's what's going on around this. Mark 15, verse 3. So I guess so much for staying out of John and Luke, huh? <laughs> you just can't, you just gotta see it. Because Mark is like boom, 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 but Mark is going right to the point. What's the point with Pilate? Are you you say you're the king, prove it. Are you really the king? You know, I don't 15 3. And the chief priest accused him of many things. But he answered nothing. Again, they keep piling it on. False accusations, no answer. He doesn't respond. But when they come and question his doctrine, we looked at last time, now he's going to answer. See? And Pilate asked him, verse 4, again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many, wit- how many things they witnessed against thee. They just keep piling it on, man, and you're not gonna answer this stuff. Verse 5, but Jesus yet answered nothing. So that Pilate marveled. The only, you know, the only response to a lie is no response. Because if you respond, you give the lie a little validation, a little credit, credibility. So you don't. The truth. Truth, we're gonna defend the truth. And again, that's the point here. When the slander comes. Those that believe, they'll know the truth. Those that don't believe will believe the slander. There's nothing you can do about it. That's just how (laughs) human nature is. Again, what does he do? Answer nothing. No answer. Pilate marvels at that. But he didn't stop the process. And that's the problem here. See, Pilate saw what was going on, understood what was happening, and yet he didn't do anything about it. Look at uh, Mark 15, look at verse 10. Here's Pilate, all right? For he, that's Pilate, knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. See? He knew what was going on. He has already three times going to say he's no fault, no fault, no fault, But yet he just kept going along instead of squashing it and letting the Lord go. So Pilate was a compromising coward. He had a little cleverness, because he's going to bring Barabbas up here in a minute, well, next week, (laughs) to get out of the responsibility here. But he wasn't willing, see, he wasn't willing to pay the price to be honorable. And boy, is that not what politicians do even today. Pay the price, be what's on. So he was clearly, when they're screaming, crucify him, he could have said, nope, he's free to go. He's not guilty. And yet they don't. Now, come over to Luke 23. Luke 23. We've got a few minutes here. Luke 23. Again, Mark... Boom, 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 boom. Here, what's the issue with Pilate? Is that king issue, the question of the king? Because that's the, the, now you're in Pilate's domain, and he ain't going to lose out to anybody without a fight. Now watch this in uh, chapter 23, Luke 23, and verse 10. And the chief priests and the scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. And the same day, Pilate and Herod were made friends together, for before they were at enmity between themselves. So now, you got an enemy of my enemy is now what? We're best friends. Pilate sends him to Herod. When Pilate heard that word Galilee, that's not my jurisdiction. That's Herod. Send him up there. Herod's like, dude, you're not. You're from now. Naz- you're de- from down south. Get out of here. You know. So back and forth, back and forth. And Pilate, verse thirteen. When he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I have examined him before you. And have found no fault in this man touching those things whereof ye accuse him. No, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I didn't find fault. Herod doesn't find fault. We could have killed it right there. He's free. Verse 16, I will therefore chastise him. And why? Chastise, beat on him. The chief priests have beaten on him already. Why would you beat on an innocent man? See, that's the point here. Herod, he could have easily just released him, but he doesn't. He says, I'm going to, you know, you can look at the political side. Herod's looking at it going, I can appease these guys. I'll just send him down there. They'll just beat on him a little bit, you know, get him all black and blue, and we'll take a mug shot and we'll send him on his way and they'll be okay with that, see? He's trying to appease the mob, the people. So verse 18, and they cried out all at once, saying, away with this man and release unto us Barabbas. So when you come back to Mark 15... Again, that's where we're at here. We're right here, and now we've got Rome involved, and we've got the coward of the county, Pilate, 1515. I love this, 1515. And so Pilate, willing to to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had uh, scourged him to be crucified. Willing to content the people. All right, everybody, let's just calm down. Just calm down. Calm down. I asked you about Barabbas. You chose Barabbas, the bad guy. See, he's being clever here. Put up the two compete. See, uh, so the picture of the care, the the failure of the Gentiles to, to step up and do what's right, and, that, oh, and the, obviously the nation. And that literally leads to the crucifixion of Christ. So in 15:6, now at that feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. Pilate, trying to be clever, appease the people, takes Barabbas. Again, Bar, son, Abba, father, son of the father. And what you're seeing in Barabbas, when we look at him next week, we'll see the failure of the, of, of, of the nation. In the hands of the chief priests, the leadership of Israel, they're in complete and total rebellion against their Messiah, against their king. And when, in the face of all that, Pilate caves, and uh, he's... He, the Lord then is condemned to die now. So we're going to take him to Calvary, to the crucifixion. And again, the issue here in the picture is here you got the son, and he's going to have to, he goes die. He's got to die for the, for the people, for Israel. He came uh, and call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sin. That's what he's here to do. He's Messiah. He's the sacrifice. He's going to do that. And yet in the picture of it here, especially in Mark, the politics are at play, the religious ceremonial stuff. and yet in the end, they're going to, they're going to do the thing that needs to be done in order to crucify him. And in Israel, again, they'll eventually you know they, they say that in Matthew about his blood is on our hands and our children's hands. And they're willing to do it. Why? Because he said he is the son of God. He said he is God. And we just can't have that. And they miss all of the prophetic picture. Okay? So next time, it's time to quit. We'll pick up with Barabbas, work down through those, those verses there, and uh, move along. Don't get frustrated with Mark being so quick. Again, if we just read it and moved on, we'd have been done in two weeks with the book. But just catch Mark's, the servant, we need to know the servant can do the job. And the servant doesn't need all of the drama. Actually, you don't want drama with the servants. You want them to work. And here the Lord is going to go. Here's we will see Rufus. We'll see him uh, go and carry the cross and do all of that and so forth. And it's just a wonderful picture of the servant the true servant at work doing what is needed, doing what his father has asked him to do and, and be in complete uh, and total obedience, if, if, if lack of a better way of saying it, to the word and the will, dependence upon the word and the will of the father. Go get it done. And that's what he's going to do. Matthew, a little more drama. Luke, John a lot, you know, in, in different stages. Okay. All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the evening, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Mark, to look into it and to just see uh, the effects of religion and to see the the issue where the Lord just allows mankind, the satanic policy of evil, to do all the dirty work to accomplish what the book says needs to be accomplished. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.